start singing, Lord, I want to live for thee. Come now.
recorded by St. Luke chapter 22 St. Luke chapter 22 <clears throat> I know what I gave you upstairs but if you allow me I'd like to add just a couple of more verses St. Luke <clears throat> chapter 22 first I would that you would consider with me verse 24 Verse 24, Luke chapter 22. These words you find there. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And then let's go down to verse 31. These are the words you find. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, 
Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, if you will, now, if you will, move over to verse 61. Verse 61. And the Lord said, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Amen. I sort of skipped around, but I did that because you're at home and you got a lot of time on your hands. And you're going to read the whole thing. Uh, so in your time, I want you to read that entire chapter. But I wanted to lift those verses to talk from this subject. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, <clears throat> but we get Our testimony as Christians is not that we don't fall. Our testimony as Christians is not that we don't ever fall down. Our testimony is that when we do fall down, we get up. Are y'all hearing this? If you study the life of Peter, you would realize that nobody lived, nobody that lived during his lifetime, nobody that lived during the time of Peter would have ever thought that the Christian church would ever refer to him as Saint Peter. Nobody would have ever thought a man like that could be referred to any kind of way as Saint Peter. And I want to submit to you today that saints are not saints because they don't fall. Saints are saints because they get back up. Are y'all hearing me? One of the hardest lessons, one of the hardest lessons for Christians, seemingly for the Christian church, one of the hardest lessons is, and especially for new Christians, is that while giving your life to Christ is instant victory. When you give your life to Christ, it instantly saves you from the penalty of sin. And what that means is that if you accept Jesus Christ, you're not going to hell. You're not going to hell. You are in God's hands, and according to the word of God, not even the devil can snatch you out of his hands. But here's the part that we seem to struggle with a little bit. Here, here. While we are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, going to heaven when we die, here's the part that's confusing. As long as we live here in this world, 
we still have to struggle with the power of sin. Get it now, get it now. We are freed from the penalty of sin. One day, we're going to be taken out of the very presence of sin. But for right now, we're left here to wrestle with the power of sin. I've got at least one witness in the house. I've got at least one witness in the house that it seems like ever since you've been saved. It's always something. I believe I got at least one witness in the house that, that will attest. Yeah, you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, your blood bought, but Satan is always on the attack. And if this text teaches us anything, if it teaches us anything at all, it would, it would have, it would teach us that we have an adversary. That's the devil. The devil, he, he's always here to attack us. And, and, but as Christians, yeah, as Christians, uh, yeah, it, it teaches us that there's always, we are constantly under attack. Don't you fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. The devil wants to take you out of here. Don't you think that it doesn't? He, he wants to expose your shortcomings. He wants to destroy your testimony. He can't get you, but if he can just destroy your testimony, that's what he desires. The text says it like this. He desires to have you so that he can sift you like wheat. He wants to expose you. It was to show the world that there's some stuff in you that still ain't what it ought to be. He wants to shake you up and turn you upside down and show the world that you're not who you claim to be. That's why this same Peter, this same Peter, in the book of 1 Peter 4.12, this same Peter tells you and I, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you. Are you hearing? That's Peter. Peter said to you and I, don't, 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 don't get it all twisted. Don't you think something strange is happening to you when you got to go through stuff? That's what happens when you're saved. It all comes with your decision to live for Jesus. If you read this whole account, Verse 24, you'll see, you'll see that the disciples have gotten into a heated discussion. And the heated discussion that they're in is over who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Here they are in this heated discussion and Jesus had to put them all in check by telling them that while you're here arguing, while you're here Fussing among yourselves while you are here carrying on, Satan at this very moment is before God. And he is asking God for permission to put you on trial. While you're here fussing over stuff, while you're here discussing something that ain't got nothing to do with nothing, Satan is in the presence of God asking him if he can sift you like wheat. Are y'all hearing me? But then there's some good news. There's some good news. While, while the text points out that we have an adversary, 
While the text points out that, that we have an enemy against us, it also points out that we've got an advocate. It's right there in the same text. Also points out that we've got an advocate. Yeah, that, that Satan desires to do us harm, but it also points out that Jesus says, yeah, that's what he wants to do, but Jesus in the same place says, I have prayed for you. Y'all seeing this? Satan desires to do you in. But Jesus says, I have prayed for you. Why? Why? What are you praying? I'm praying that your faith will fail not. So my brothers and my sisters in this life, we have this constant battle going on. Satan on the attack and Jesus praying. Everybody up in here, don't care who you are, how saved you are, you've got that battle going on. Satan attacking. Jesus praying. Satan trying to make you fall. Are y'all here? He's trying to, and, and, and as we can see in the story, yeah, Satan is trying to make you fall. And if you read the story close, you'll see that sometimes he succeeds. Sometimes he exceeds in causing a child of God to fall. But Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's constantly interceding for each of us. And as a result, as a result, because Satan's trying to cause us to fall and Jesus is praying for us, as a result, sometimes we fall down. But we get up. Are y'all hearing me? Here in the text, Jesus singles out Peter. And I believe that he singles out Peter because Peter was probably the loudest. You know Peter like I know Peter. Peter always seemed to have more to say than anybody else. Not only that, I believe that Peter was springing forth as a leader. And, and please know, the devil always wants to attack the leader. Heard me say it a lot of times. Doesn't, doesn't it seem a little strange that Jesus could have stepped into that situation? Satan wants to destroy his children. Doesn't it seem a little strange that Jesus didn't step in and say, Satan, be gone? Doesn't it seem a little strange that, that, that Jesus didn't just step in and say, Satan, get your hands off my property? And no, look at what he said. He said, Satan is ready to attack. And I want you to know I'm praying for you. That's what Jesus said. I'm praying for you. But what I'm praying, listen to what he's praying. He says, I'm praying that your faith won't fail. Y'all see that? Look at it. Look at it. Jesus, he's not praying that you ain't got to go through some stuff. He's not praying. He's not praying. He's not praying that you're not going to have a, a trial every now and then. But he's praying that your faith won't fail as you go through your trial. You see, Jesus knows that Peter will stumble. He knows that he will stumble, but he also knows that, that his unfaithfulness will just be temporary. Jesus knew the process. He knew the process and 
that allowing Peter to go through the process, he knew that when Peter goes through this process, he's going to come out stronger than he was when he went in. My, my sister, my sister had her first child. I'll never forget, the child started walking. My sister, every time the child looked like it was going to fall, my sister would jump up and run. Scared to just jump up and run to grab the baby. My mama said, leave that baby alone. Leave the baby alone. That baby's got to learn how to get up. That baby has got to fall. It will never learn how to get up unless you let him fall. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus. Jesus knew that in his fall, Peter was going to learn some things about himself. He knew that, yeah, 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 yeah. If he falls, when he falls, he's going to learn some stuff. Anybody ever learn something from your fall? Peter really meant, when, yeah, yeah, look, read this whole thing. Verse 33, Peter really meant it when he said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Peter really meant that. He meant that with all his heart. But Jesus knew that through this sifting process, he knew that Peter was going to learn something about himself. Peter thought that there was no way that I can ever fall. Peter thought that I, there's no way that I will ever turn my back on Jesus. But Jesus said to him in verse 34, he says, I know you think you're all of that. I know you think you're all the way in. Verse 34, he said, but before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me not one time, but three times. Jesus knew that Peter would fall. You see, Peter thought that since he was walking with Jesus, Peter thought that, 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 that yeah, since he was so close to Jesus that falling was completely out of the question. Are y'all hearing me? He really thought, he really thought that because he was in the in crowd and because Jesus was so close, there's no way I can fall. But Jesus saw what I call some slow leaks. And you know, a slow leak is a dangerous thing. Slow leak, you can ride around on a car all day long with a slow leak. You can go anywhere you want to go and never know that you're losing air because it's such a slow leak. Jesus knew that although Peter was committed, he had some slow leaks. Peter, you're strong, but you got some slow leaks. Got a pride problem. You just finished arguing with the rest of the disciples about who's the greatest. You got a pride problem. Matthew 26, 33, he said to Jesus, these other fellows might walk off. They might walk off and leave you anytime. But Jesus, I want you to know I will never leave you. Had a little problem. Luke 45, Peter was having a problem with his prayer life. Look at verse 45, verse 45. Peter, yeah, was, was sleeping when he should have been praying. Peter had a tendency to be emotion driven. Rather than spirit led. John 18 10, Peter pulled out his blade one day, cut a man's ear off. 
Peter had some slow leaks. He was a good man, and as good as you might think you are, let me tell you something. Be careful. Are y'all hearing me? I know you show up every Sunday. I know that. I know that you're tuning in every Sunday. I know you're sending your tithe and offering, but don't be fooled. That's some slow leaks. Others around you may not pick up on it. Y'all hearing me? Others around you may not pick up on it, but Jesus knows all about our slow leaks. He knows all about our struggles. These slow leaks eventually caused him to deny even knowing who Jesus was. Not only did Jesus know that Peter would fall, he also knew that Peter would get back up. Y'all hearing this? He knew that Peter would get back up. He knew that Peter would be sorry for his actions and that Peter would repent. He knew that Peter would change his mind and he knew that Peter would turn his life around. My brothers and my sisters, people don't drown because they fall in the water. They drown because they stay in the water. I just said something. I say people don't drown because they fall in the water. They drown because they stay in the water. Look at verse 32. He says, I've prayed for you. And when you're converted, when, when you have, yeah, yeah when, 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 when you are converted, I, I prayed for you. And when thou art converted, when you turn back, when you get it turned around, I know you're going to fall, but I also know that you won't stay down. And I love the fact that Jesus doesn't use the word if, he uses the word when. He doesn't say if you recover. He doesn't say, yeah, yeah, if you are converted. He says when you get it turned around. I love the fact he doesn't use the word if, he uses the words when, not if you get up, but when you get up. Not only that, Jesus says to him that once you have fallen and gotten yourself back up, watch this, then you'll be able to strengthen your brothers. Y'all see that? In other words, in other words, when you fall and get back up, you don't lose your value to me. Are y'all hearing me? When you fall, you don't lose your value. As a matter of fact, you increase in value because then I can use your testimony to strengthen somebody else. Well, my brothers and my sisters, as I close, we, we learn at least three things here. We learn that failure does not have to be final. Write that down. Failure does not have to be final. Yes, Peter messed up big time. He felt bad and he could have just given up and laid there in his sorrow, but he didn't. He moved from rebellion to repentance and then he moved from there to restoration. Second third thing we learn, second thing we learn is that you are not a failure just because you have failed. Write that down. You are not a failure just because you have 
failed. As a matter of fact, when you study Peter's life, we see that failure can be fruitful. Y'all hear me? Failure can be fruitful. After he fell, he got back up. And when he got back up, he was more tenderhearted. When he got back up, he was more humble. He, he went on to become one of the leaders of the early church and wrote two letters that eventually became a part of the word of God. Y'all hearing me? And finally, verse 3, the third thing, we, we learned that if you handle failure just right, if you handle it just right, you can use failure to strengthen somebody else. Handle it just right. Don't have too much pride. If you use your failures just right, you can use them to strengthen somebody else. You'll be able to go to somebody else, not with your chest out, but go to somebody and say, look at me. Y'all ain't hearing me. Look at me. I'm a testimony. Look at me. I've been down myself, but he picked me up and it turned me around. I'm through now. I'm through now. Never really learned to skate that well. Never really learned to skate that well, but one of the instructions I do remember my old brother trying to teach me to skate. One of the things he said to me, because I, I spent so much time falling, he said to me, Richard, if you're going to fall, fall forward. <laughs> Now, I know that didn't have nothing to do with this sermon, but it just sounded like a good place to, but if you're going to fall, fall forward. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, my brothers and my sisters, I, I declare if you fall, fall toward him. And yeah, yeah, because if you fall forward, then yeah, you're in a position to get yourself up and if you fall forward, you can get up. And let me tell you something. The reason I know I can get up is because he got up. Y'all ain't hearing me. I, I, I know that in this life I'll fall sometimes, but I don't worry about my falls because I know I'll get up. The reason I know that I'll get up is because one Friday, they hung him on the cross. He died, put him in a borrowed tomb. But here's the good part. He got up. Got up with all power in his hand. And the reason I can get up is because he got up. The reason I can get up, oh yes, I, I fall. We all fall. We fall down, but we get up. Thank you for a Savior who got up. And when he got up, he got up with all power, all authority. In his hands, he and he alone has the power to pick you up from wherever you are right now. He's beckoning you wherever you are, wherever you are right now. He's beckoning you. You're sitting there and you may be hearing this for the first time. You may be one of those who have been taught that Christians don't fall. You may be one of those who thought that once you start walking for Jesus that you never have any downtime that you don't fall but I, I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you that that's not true we fall but we get up 
And I want to offer to you today, since you've been misdirected, since you've heard it wrong, I, I want to share with you that 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 is one who's always there to pick you up when you fall. He declares to us, if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Think about it. I would offer you an opportunity right now to change your mind, wherever you are, whether you're in the building or whether you're not. Here is your opportunity. Here's your opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yes. We fall down, but we get up. Here's your opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. But we get up. We fall down. But we get up. We fall down, but we get up for a listening to the word of God that you have been made clear on the fact that whoever you are whoever you are wherever you are right now you can accept him as Lord and Savior and accept him as Lord and Savior does not mean that you are free from falling you will fall you will fall but the beauty of the child of God is we always get back up and he still uses us so if you made that choice today, if you made him your choice today, let me just invite you to call into the office. Call into the office and uh, let them know about your decision. If you don't call this office, if you don't call here, find yourself a, a Bible-based, a Bible-believing church. Get connected to that church. Let them know about the decision you made today. And get yourself into the body of Christ. Don't be thrown off by the fact that we can't come into the building. Don't be thrown off by the fact that right now people are worshiping at home. That's the good part about it, Amen. is that he's right there where you are. So we thank God for you. Pray that you will connect yourself now with the body. Again, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your participation in worship. Uh, uh, we want to thank all who are here 
uh, who have come to make this possible. Praise team, uh, uh, audiovisual people, musicians, thank everybody who comes uh, to just make this possible that we might be together uh, each Sunday, each Sunday morning. I want you to be in prayer for Brother John Chance and for uh, Reverend Theo Barmore. Both have been hospitalized this week. Uh, and just be in prayer. Call their names in prayer. God is in the healing business. Brother Chance is home, and I understand that Brother Barmore is on his way home. So we just thank God that he is still healing. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your offerings and your tithe. Thank you for being so faithful in that regard. If you would just remain on the air for a moment, uh, they will give you instructions as to how to give your offering. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. God be with you till we meet again. Henceforth and forevermore, let us all say. several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.